Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Caleb, and this week we're focusing on how do we remember what God has done in our life. When we look back at our life, I'm sure all of us have moments where God has been faithful, where he's been loving, he's been kind, and he's shown us grace in our lives. And if we're not careful, then we can easily forget those moments. We just, we go through life, we get busy, we start moving quickly through the things that are around us, but we forget what God has done and who he really is. And so it's important that we remember those moments, remember how God has impacted us and and where he's brought us from. And so this week we're focusing on that. And so as we get into this message, take some notes, listen closely, and here's Pastor Aaron talking about remembering what God has done. Excited to be worshiping together here this morning and just want to encourage you. I know Pastor Genesis mentioned that, but we were going to do summer party. That was our plan. And this was a big Sunday that we had been kind of gearing up towards. And just as we were praying, we shifted some things this Sunday. And so as I was working on the message, I really started to think, well, I'll, I'll kind of do a different message than what I had planned. But as I kept coming back to this, this message that we've been talking and kind of prepping for the past few weeks, I felt like this is something God did want to say to us. And so this morning, I want to share with you a message that I'm titling, Look What God Has Done. Look What God Has Done. And that's what I want us to reflect on this morning, what God has done and what we see in Scripture um, as the people of God, as they reflected on this and how this was a part of their life and a routine habit in their life, reflecting on the goodness of God and maybe what that means for us. As I was thinking about this message, I thought many of you may know this, but we have eight kids, okay? So large, crazy family. And if you've ever been around kids, maybe you have nieces or nephews or um, your parent or a grandparent, they love to show off what they've done, don't they? Our kids do this like Every day in the summer, you know, we have a, a craft time where they can draw or it's creative play, I think it's what we call it. And so they do Play-Doh or I think it's like connect sand or moon sand or something. And they're always saying, mom and dad, look what I've done. Look what I've done. I cannot tell you the amount of drawings that I have, okay, from our kids because all the time kids love to show off what they've done. Look what I've done, right? And so It was a couple of months ago, and I don't typically keep our kids' drawings, but Sophie was extremely happy, and she brought up this picture, this drawing, and she was so excited about it. I said, you know what, Sophie, I'll hang that up in my office. So if you ever make your way upstairs, um, you'll see this hanging on my desk, and I've got a close-up of it, um, kind of so you guys can see what Sophie did. Okay, this is Sophie's drawing, our daughter. She's doing something with my hair when it gets to this crazy state. She likes to put bows in it and and brush it and do all of this stuff. So I think she's doing that. That's when Aiden had broken his collarbone last summer or last fall. So he's in the picture there. And so I hung this up and I know probably never end up in a museum, you guys, right? (laughs) Like probably it's not going to win an artistic award. But to me, it means something because this was something creative my daughter did. And so I hung it in my office to remind myself 
of the gifts that Sophie has in her life. She loves drawing. She loves creating things. And I, as a father, I want to encourage that in her life. And, and so for me, it's just a simple reminder of what my kids did. And I started to think about this as it comes to God. And what practices do we have in our life to rehearse and to reflect on what God has done? The goodness of God in our life. Are there things, are there routines, are there habits, are there things that you've placed in your life so you don't miss the beauty that God has placed around you, the goodness that God has placed around you? Because if we're not careful, we become too busy. We become caught up in the routine of life and we miss out how God has put the world on display around us and how we as his creation are called to be thankful and to reflect on the goodness of God. And so I want us to look at a scripture where the people of God, they practice this. They practice saying thank you. They practice reflecting on the goodness of God. And so if you have your Bible, turn this morning to Psalms 136. And we're going to start reading a few verses into that chapter in verse 4. So Psalms 136, 4. Once you get there, you can hold on to that for a second. And if you don't have a Bible with you, just take out your smartphone. You can Google that or excuse me, open up the Bible app and you can um, follow along with us there. And so as you're looking at that Psalm, I don't know if your translation has it, but in my Bible, right underneath that number kind of that's there for that chapter, it always says the songs of ascent, the songs of ascent. So yours may say that, maybe it doesn't have that, but there are a group of these songs in the book of Psalms and they're called Songs of Ascent. I've mentioned this before in previous messages where we've talked about this. But the Songs of Ascent, what they were is the people of God at different parts, different times of the year would sing these songs together. And it was when they were going up to Jerusalem for a festival, for a holiday, some kind of celebration, maybe an extended Sabbath or something. And all the people of God would be coming from north, east, south, west, all over the place. And they would be converging on the city of Jerusalem where the temple of the Lord was. And then even as they entered the temple and they were going up to the house of God, they would begin to sing these songs to one another and to each other. And I want you to just imagine that for a moment. What's going on and what's taking place? The people of God, as they're heading to the house of God to worship, they begin to lead out and they begin to sing these songs to one another to lift each other up. And it may have started off with just a few voices and imagine 10 becoming 100 and then becoming 1,000 and then more and more on different hilltops, on different mountains, like surrounding Jerusalem, coming up those roads into Jerusalem and then ultimately into the house of God. They're singing and they're encouraging one another and they're declaring the goodness of God. And what I love about Psalms 136, it's a call and response. And so a few people may have led out and sang a line, and then everyone all together, they would have a line that they would declare out, that they would sing out together. So we're going to do this this morning. Now, we're not going to sing this because you don't want to hear me sing, okay? My beautiful wife has an amazing voice. I do not, okay? So we're not going to do that, but I want us to get the feel of what this would have been like. And so I'm going to read one of the lines, and then together, out loud, all of us, we're going to say this, okay? We're going to say this line that's right up here on this screen, for his steadfast love endures forever, okay? So that's going to be your response as I read this, okay? So we're going to do a practice I don't think this is one of the lines in the chapter there. But if I said, God is full of compassion and mercy, you would respond? 
You guys got this, okay? So here we go. Let's read a few of these verses. This is what it says in Psalms 136, verse 4. They're talking about God. To God who alone does great wonders. To him who with his understanding made the heavens. To him who spread the earth above the waters. To him who made the great lights, the sun to rule over the day, the moon and the stars to rule over the night. And so you kind of get what's going on as they're walking into God's house, they're declaring this. They're singing this out. They're declaring line after line. Someone would lead out, this is what God has done. And they would respond, for his steadfast love endures forever. Now, sometimes we get this in our mind. Well, Aaron, that was easy for them because that was a different time, different group of people, right? Like kind of different circumstances. But you have to realize they're doing this year after year. And there were some years they're going up to the harvest festival and harvest has not been that good. And they're walking up and they're thinking, man, didn't have a lot of rain. Like the sun was really hot this year. The crops didn't grow as large. Am I going to have enough food to make it through the winter? And all of a sudden, man, all of this is weighing down on them. But then they get in this group and they start to talk about God's in control of all of this. This is the God that makes the sunshine and makes the cloud cause rain to descend on. This is the God that controls it all and his steadfast love endures forever. They start to declare that. Some of them were leaving people behind back at home that were sick and they're looking over and normally someone that would have been traveling with them in the caravan, they're not there because of an illness or a sickness and they're kind of weighed down by that. But all of a sudden they get in this group and what happens? They start to hear voices and someone else's faith and someone else is yelling that out and it stirs something up inside of them. It gets down deep in them and it's this conviction, God's steadfast love endures forever. In these first few verses, what are they reflecting on? This is the God who's in control of everything. It may seem like in moments, God, I don't have control of this stuff. This is chaotic and things are difficult, God, and I don't know what's happening around me. And yet as they begin to declare this and say, God, but even in the midst of this, your steadfast love endures, God. You've got this, God. You're the one who causes the sun to rise and the sun to set, God. You're the one who's causing the earth to continue to spin around, God. You've got all of this under your control. This is the God who controls the world. And they begin to declare this. It does something inside of them, church. It stirs up their faith. It's a statement of declaration. It's not because their life was easy and our life is hard that this is difficult. No, it was a practice in their life. God, I'm going to declare your goodness. I'm going to speak this out even when harvest hasn't been greater. Even when there may be sickness in my family, God, I'm still going to declare your goodness, God, because I trust you're in control. And that's what God is encouraging his people with. And this is the thing. We need this practice in our life. We need times like this. As I was thinking about this message, I thought, God, help me to just be in awe of you. Like the wonder of what you've made, the wonder of the creation around you. And so I just took a moment and I thought, God, let me just take a second and reflect on some of the things that you've done. 
And so on 4th of July night, my family went outside and we were watching the fireworks and I was outside. And within about four or five minutes, I had to go back inside because I am a bug magnet. I don't know about you guys, okay? I'm a bug magnet. If I'm outside, no one else is getting bitten. I'm getting eaten up. I've got bug bites all over me. I told my family, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to watch this from inside because I'm getting eaten a lot. You guys, 900,000 different types of bugs. I don't know why God even needed to make one of them. But he said, let me do it in 900,000 different types of ways. Insects all over the world and different kinds that do different things and help, like, right, the ecology keep going and everything function like it's supposed to the ecosystem. 900,000 different types of ways. This is a creative God who doesn't just do it one day or one way. He does it different over and over and over again. And I don't know why he chose insects, but he did. But just think about that, his creativity in making that. And that's just one type of creature. It's just one type of his creation and everything else that he's created. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of standing um, kind of on the beach at the ocean and the waves are coming in and the tide and going in and out and everything that is there. And I just stopped for a second and thought, how many gallons of water are in the ocean? And scientists estimate, I don't even know how to wrap my mind around this number, 352 quintillion gallons of water. Now, I can hold one milk jug in my hand, right? That, that's a gallon, 352 quintillion, and God is controlling the tides and the waves and the ocean, and he set it all up to function perfectly. This is the God who's in control of the world. I started thinking about when you're out at night and you see the stars and everything that he has made the sun belongs right to our solar system. We, our solar system sits in the galaxy called the Milky Way. Astronomers estimate that there are 100,000 million stars in the Milky Way alone. I don't even know how to wrap my mind around that number, you guys. But the Bible says that God knew each of them by name. And he placed them right where he wanted them to be at, to be light and to rule and to govern over the night. This is the God who put everything exactly in its place, who's in control of the world. I thought of this, how many people are on the earth? And the current number says that there are around 7.8 billion people in the world. And that's not just a number to God. Because he knows each and every one of us down to the exact numbers on our head. That's how God knows us. That's how close he is to us. He relates to us. He's connected to us. He is the God who's in control of everything. And this is what the people of God are reminding themselves over and over and over again. God, there may be difficult times. This may have been a difficult year, but God, I trust that you're in control of it all. And God, even in the midst of what's going on, your steadfast love endures forever. It never stops. It never ends. And so church, I'm here to remind you this morning that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what's taking place in your life, God is in control of the circumstances. Even when it feels like it's beyond us, God knows what you're going through. He's connected to your life. He's close to us, and his steadfast love endures forever. 
And so my question to you this morning is, have you stopped and said thank you today? Have you stopped and said, thank you, God? I woke up this morning with breath in my lungs, and I got to go outside. And I know Texas summers are hot sometimes, right? But just the beauty of feeling the sun just shining down upon us, laughter in our life when you're going through your week, and maybe someone tells you a joke or a funny situation, and you laugh or show that you're watching, and just that enjoyment and joy in your life. Tasting delicious food and stopping and saying, thank you, God, for the enjoyment that God brings in our life. Have you stopped and said thank you for the people of God during this time? They had this habit that different times throughout the year, they were going to get together and celebrate the goodness of God and declare, and they were going to lift up their voice and hear each other declaring his steadfast love endures forever. And the song goes on that they're singing. And so here we go again. You guys remember your line, okay? Here we go. So Psalms 136, 11, they begin to focus on something else. And they're saying, this is the God who brought Israel out from among the Egyptians with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. God divided the Red Sea into two. And he made Israel pass through the midst of it. He overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. He led his people through the wilderness. So they've been focused on this idea of God, you're in control of the world. Look at what you've done. And then as the song continues on, they're like, God, you're the one who delivers us and provides for us. God, you're the one who brought us out of slavery in Egypt in this old life that we used to live. And now, God, you're doing something new. God, you're working in our midst. God, you're the one who delivers us. And God, you provide for us. You take care of us. And that simple thought that, yes, harvest may have not gone that well, but Lord, we're not slaves anymore. We're no longer working to build a city for someone else, God. We have a legacy. We have an inheritance you've given us, God. They're remembering the goodness of God, how he delivered them from where they were at, and he brought them into something new, and he led them, and he provided for them manna, bread in the desert, quail in the desert, water coming out of rocks so that they could have something to drink. They're reflecting, God, your steadfast love endures forever over and over again, God, you've shown up in our life and you've provided. And it may be a difficult time this year, God, but I just look back in the past and how you keep showing up and how you keep surprising us. And when we weren't expecting it, God, you keep doing things that are miraculous to take care of all of the needs in our life. God, if there's one thing we could say about you, it's that your steadfast love endures forever. And they're saying it over and over again to let God know, God, thank you for what you've done, Lord. We're not going to forget what you've done in our midst. As I was thinking about this and just reflecting on the God who delivers, the God who provides for us, I thought to just a few months ago in our family. Some of you may know that um, my wife last year got a job. Um, with a company in Dallas. And so she helps them with different consulting stuff and works with them. And it was a great blessing to our family. 
And as some of the things that have happened this year begin to take place, the leadership team that Sarah is a part of there over the company, um, they sat down and they said, hey, how can we help out the company? And so as part of that, the group made a decision, hey, if we will cut back a little bit on our pay, other people won't have to do that. And so they made this decision of, hey, this is what we're going to do to support others, to help others, because we're the leaders in this company. This is how we want to lead through this. And so Sarah came home and she said, Aaron, this is the decision that we made. It was a group decision. We feel like this is what's best. And so I'm a supportive husband. So I said, okay, okay. (laughs) I don't know what this means for us as a family, but okay, God's going to get us through. And that afternoon she came and she told me that that afternoon I'm walking out to the mailbox, same day. And I get to the mailbox, I open it up, and there's an envelope there from our mortgage company. And I open it up as I'm walking back in the house. It's over a $1,000 check that they said, we don't know how, but somehow last year you paid a little bit more than you were supposed to. This is a refund. You guys, I just started crying. Because in that moment, I realized what happened that somehow three or four weeks ago, someone caught an error that took place and they had to process the check and someone had to sign it and it had to get mailed. And God knew all of that on the day when I was stressing about finances that I would walk out to the mailbox and God would tell me, I've already got it covered, Aaron. I'm already taking care of you. I've been planning this for weeks now because I knew what this day would hold and I'm the God who shows up and provides for you even before you know that you have a need. That's who I am. That's what the people of God are reflecting on. God, this is your goodness. You keep showing up, God. You keep delivering, Lord. You keep providing. You keep making a way. When it looks like we're standing at the edge of a sea, God, you make a highway through it, Lord, and you help us to pass through, God, into your promises. That's who you are. That's what you do, God. And that's why they're declaring his steadfast love endures forever. It never ends. It never stops. It just keeps going. And we are called to reflect on that. And so for you in this this room or watching online, I know that maybe it's not money for you. For some of you, it was the doctor's report. And you didn't even think that you would be alive at this point. And yet God showed up and healed you. For some of you, it was addictions in your life and your life was headed nowhere and God showed up and he provided freedom. He provided salvation. He provided his grace. He gave you purpose and meaning to your life. This is the God who delivers his people over and over and over again. And my question is, have you stopped and said thank you today? Have you stopped and just said, God, I shouldn't even be here, Lord. God, I don't know how I would have made it to this point, but Lord, thank you because you provided, God. You showed up when I didn't know how to go, when I didn't know what direction to take, God. You kept coming through in my life, Lord, and your steadfast love endures forever. There's one more part of this that I want to read to you. It's in Psalms 136. This is the last part of this song that they've been singing to each other. And listen to what it says. You're gonna to have to say your line one more time. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state for his steadfast love endures forever. So give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. They end this song that they've been singing to one another with this recognition. You guys, this is the God who loves us. This is the God who loves us. 
See, during that time, there were all these other nations around them that worshiped other gods, and they were afraid that their gods were angry at them, that the gods were mad. And yet when Israel, the people of the one true God, when they would sing out, it was a different kind of song. There wasn't fear in their heart in the way that God's mad at us, but they were saying, no, this is the God whose steadfast love keeps going. And 26 times in this song, God has them repeat it over and over again. He said, I don't want you to miss the main point of this. It's that my love is present in your life. It's that my love keeps coming through. It's that my love is there when you're going through difficulty, when you don't know where to turn. Remember that my love is always going to be there for you. This is the God who loves us, who finds ways each and every day, new creative ways, just to show you how much he loves you, how much he delights in you, how much he enjoys your presence. This isn't God putting up with us or tolerating us or just trying to make do. No, he wants a relationship with us. This is the God who loves us. 26 times the people of God are declaring this. It reminded me of another scripture in the Bible written by a guy named Paul who wrote much of the New Testament, the the part of the Bible that's after the, the life of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. In Romans 8, 38, he says this, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in our Lord Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Paul's saying that. He's trying to come up with all of these things. You think it's what's going on in the government around you? Yeah, that's not going to stop God's love. You think that maybe you've done something right or some demonic forces could, no, that's not going to stop God's love. Nothing in this world, nothing in all of creation can stop the love of God from being present in our life that he wants to pour on us, that he wants to display in our life. We are going through another transition in our family. As I mentioned, we have eight kids and we've already sent two off. And in the next three weeks, three weeks, our next two will head off to um, a school of ministry that they're going to in Phoenix, Arizona. And in these last few weeks, I as a parent, I'm sending off kind of two at this time. Um, Matt went off first and then Josiah's in the Marines and now Mike and Angela are headed out. And in these last three weeks, I'm thinking, did I tell them everything they needed to know? Like, how did I do as a parent? Like, did I set them up for success? And really when it comes down to it, what I've tried to say over and over again to them these last few weeks before they head off to the school of ministry is, I just want you to know that I love you and I'm proud of you. And if you forget anything else, know that I love you and I'm here for you. Because honestly, our older two, there's been struggles in their adult life and there's been mistakes that they've made. And yet as a dad, I love them. I'm there for them. I want them to know that they can pick up the phone and say, hey, dad, I did this, made this mistake, but man, thanks for being there for me. Like, that's really what I want for them, is to know that I love them. And how much more a heavenly father, even when we mess up, you guys, even when we make the wrong decision, he's in heaven saying, hey, my steadfast love endures forever. 
I love you. I love you. I'm proud of you. Don't want you to forget that. Don't get too busy where you stop reflecting on my love. Don't get so hard on yourself where you're like, well, I've just messed up again for the umpteenth time. Now this is the God in heaven who says, but I love you and I'm proud of you and I don't want you to forget that. Church, we need to stop today and just say, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that kind of love that I don't have to earn. I don't have to work for. God, I don't have to do anything. It's unconditional and it's never ending, God. Your love for me. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that kind of love. And I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask if you would take a moment and just bow your head and close your eyes. And you may be here. And as I mentioned, the other nations around Israel, they thought God was just mad at them. That's how they pictured God. He was waiting for them to mess up and then He was going to send down fire. He was going to crush them. And yet in Scripture, we see this God who loves us, who provides, who delivers. That even when we've sinned and messed up and we couldn't fix it on our own, God said, I'll make the way. I'll pay the price for your punishment and your sin. I'll take the cost upon myself. That's the God who loves you. And if you're here and you're saying, Aaron, I don't have that relationship with God. Maybe I felt like I had it at one time, but I'm not really focused on that. I'm not walking in that relationship right now. I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask all of us to say this prayer, whether you've said this before, whether you're praying this for the first time, let's say this out loud together. Jesus, I come to you and I admit my sin and I'm asking for forgiveness. I need you in my life. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Now, can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone who prayed that prayer? Thanks for listening to this week's message. And as you go throughout your week, take time each day and celebrate the goodness, celebrate the faithfulness of God and thank him for how he's come through for you in your life time and time again. These are the moments that we don't want to forget. Now here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new and we want to help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.